Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers lose by 44 in Philadelphia and LeBron says a lot has to change. What's next? You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you're getting your podcasts. This one, Andy, is always going to be free and never behind a paywall. Uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with about 22,000 subscribers, um, many of whom are wondering just what the heck happened Monday night in Philadelphia. The Lakers, depending on how you look at it, either had their uh, fourth worst or fifth worst uh, loss in franchise history, they've been playing basketball for a long time, so that's that's not good. Uh, it is the 44-point loss was the worst loss in LeBron's 21-year career. So, again, a lot of games there. On a night, by the way, Andy, he became the all-time minutes leader in, uh, in NBA history in playoff and regular season minutes combined. So he's seen some stuff, but never has seen a loss as bad as this one. I think it felt to LeBron like he set that minutes record during this game. Like literally he began with zero minutes. By the time <laughs> this game ended, he had played all of those minutes. All of 66,000 plus yep. minutes was this night in Philadelphia. That game must have felt like these 66 K plus because my God, after what was like an opening six or so minutes, very entertaining back and forth basketball, it just turned into a lot of back and not much forth. <laughs> uh, Mostly the, the back six, to the left. The, yes, very much so. <laughs> the Sixers got on an absolute heater from beyond the arc like i mean we're going to get into what tyrese maxi did what joel mb did triple double uh definitively outplayed anthony davis but in a lot of ways the story of this game just breaking wide open in ways that the lakers just could not catch up was the three-point discrepancy mm -hmm. the sixers hit 22 the sixers hit 22 threes in this game took 46 and a that is just one off of the franchise record for philadelphia so i guess if you're looking for some positives in this game the Lakers <laughs> prevented history from being made uh philadelphia will have to go on and fight another day before they set a new record for uh three pointers made during a game Damn um right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no it it the Sixers are not actually a team that takes a lot of threes. Like they they average about 31 per game, which is the sixth lowest in the NBA. And I noted uh, on Twitter at Cam Brothers during the game that with about three minutes left in the first half, they had already taken 22. Mm -hmm. And why not? Because at the rate that they were both making them, and quite frankly, the Lakers were doing such a crappy job guarding them and such a crappy job of adjusting. All right, you know what? Patrick Beverly is off to a slow start from behind the arc, but A, he has a track record of hitting threes. B, he's hitting them tonight. 
you might not want to give him five feet of space because what's the worst thing that's going to happen if Patrick Beverly puts the ball on the floor? Well, it's for, what right. you want him to do. First Marcus, of all, Patrick, Patrick Beverly is capable of directing the ball into the basket purely out of spite. Like he can actually use spite to control the flight of the ball. Um, and I think that's what was, I mean, this was obviously the game plan, Andy, but the, the word you used there was adjust. It's like, okay, like you can try it for a quarter. And like, and I know like a lot of times you say, okay, they're hitting him now, but let them keep taking him. They're going to start missing. Well, no, <laughs> apparently they're not going to. I mean, so Marcus Morris, the adjustment came to Marcus, Marcus Morris has hit, three pointers over his career like you know th this isn't this isn't Jackson Hayes all of a sudden going on a heater you're like all right you know what I i'll see where this movie goes <laughs> like that's so out of character and this stuff can become contagious and all of a sudden when you see them going down for everyone you know much less the guys like Joel Embiid or especially Tyrese Maxey who actually do take and make mm -hmm. three pointers the, the lack of adjustment and seemingly seemingly just the, the lack of reaction to a lot of what was going on in this game. You know, LeBron, we'll get into LeBron, who was as mad after this game as I recall seeing him after any loss as a Laker. Um, as you noted, 44 points, the worst, the worst of, of his career this game. Right. He, you know, he talked about a lot needing to change. We'll, again, get more into that. I don't know how much of this game was the schemes being executed poorly or they were crappy schemes to begin with, so it doesn't matter how you execute them. But LeBron said after the game that they were running the schemes they were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. All I can tell you is during this game, there were so many inexplicable decisions being made for reasons that only these people know. But like there was one point, for example, Austin Reeves, who was honestly awful on both sides of the ball in this game. There was one point where Reeves joined Max Christie to essentially double Patrick Beverly as the ball handler, leaving Tyrese Maxey open. Why anybody would take the ball out of Beverly's hands is beyond like you want to keep the ball in his hands as much as possible. Like you don't want to give him anyone to get like to have a clean pass to. Like stuff yeah, like I mean, that was inexplicable, and it kept happening throughout. Right. And, I, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if LeBron like did they really you know I don't know do what they were like execute the game plan whether there were there mistakes. I mean obviously you know the. the you know, moments and coverages and you end up with two guys in the same place. Like it's, it's not supposed to happen that way, but I, I just, I, I think it was very clear. The Lakers were going, were had a defensive plan that was built around, let them stay on the perimeter, let them in. That's fine. The Lakers do that a lot. Like and a lot of teams do. It's like, we're going to concede. You got to concede something, particularly against a really good team um, like the Sixers and, you you know you want to concede the perimeter okay um th they didn't adjust quickly enough and what i thought was kind of what was disappointing to me was the reaction darvin talked about it after the game and lebron I, you know, I, I, ad mentioned it you know i think too like sometimes it, it it can be hard when the other team is just pouring in three pointers 
Like we've seen games like this. The Lakers had three three pointers at the half. I believe they uh, the Sixers had ten. Um, like the disparity in threes was insane. The Lakers couldn't. No, 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 you know, no, really, Brian. They had thirteen at the thirteen. Half. Right, that's what it was. The Lakers they they had thirteen. The Lakers had taken ten. Is where is where I I got my my numbers backwards. Um, and it was a number another one of I actually I I texted you and I tweeted out too. It's like it's actually amazing. The Lakers were only within were within fifteen. Yeah. at the half because they were out three pointed by ten. They had turned the ball over six times. Philadelphia had turned it over once. Philadelphia had been to the line, <laughs> you know, six or five or six more times than the Lakers had, uh, or made more, you know, five or six more free uh, free throws than the Lakers had. That what really disappointed me, and we'll talk about it, I think, on the other side of the break here. The reaction to Philadelphia, um pouring in these threes was what I saw as like they're like you never want to see a team get particularly a veteran team or a team with a lot of you know with some experience and led by veterans and with championship aspirations seem to get kind of demoralized in the way that they did by what Philadelphia was doing um I don't know if you saw the same thing I felt like LeBron might have seen the same thing so let's talk about that next Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can enjoy this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. So just $5 Moneyline bet, your team wins, you get $150 back in bonus bets. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, on player props, over-unders, futures, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, you can also bet, obviously, on the NBA and as of this recording, LeBron and AD both 75 to 1 odds to win MVP. Anthony Davis, five and a half to one for defensive player of the year. Um, and Austin Reeves, not on the strength of this game, but 3.8 to 1 um, to win sixth man of the year. He's been rising up those ranks ever since he got moved to the bench. Darvin Ham, 48 to 1 for coach of the year. Based on what we're hearing in the comment section of Locked on Lakers YouTube uh, page, there will not be a lot of fans betting on Darvin right now. So visit, in any event, <laughs> fanduel.com slash locked on and enjoy the NFL season. Enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. So what, what, because LeBron did not, he was asked, you know, when you say a lot has to change and it's like, you know, and, and the question I believe was framed to like to prevent this sort of thing from happening again. So like on the one hand, um, you could say, well, I mean, you know, when you lose by 44 points, a lot needs to change to keep something like that. You, there are 30 things we could do better to keep something like this from happening again. Or the, and there's also the, the bigger picture, um, interpretation of what needs to change a lot because this is a team that has shown a great deal of inconsistency and like you say lebron was visibly angry after the game so how do you read that comment because it's going to get a ton of play um between now and wednesday when the lakers play in detroit i don't know and that is i think by design from LeBron, who we've talked about before, um, never really says anything that is not done with a very particular purpose. Um, he can get 
as I like to say, very passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was asked twice to elaborate on, you know, what needed to change, but also just what do you mean by a lot? And he actually said, I told you a lot. That's my answer. And the truth is, there are a lot of different ways that you can take that. You can talk about, you know, schemes if LeBron was unhappy about them because he made a point of saying we we went with our coverages, they made shots, give them credit. You know, there's a part of me really hoping they were not going with their schemes and they were, you know, freelancing over 48 minutes Whee! because I mean, because honestly, if this if this was the scheme, there are certain things I could have told you that's a terrible idea and I'm a damn idiot. There were clearly um, some mistakes in whatever execution they were trying to get. Right. Um you know, there are things that maybe need to change in terms of reactions on the court, whether you're talking about to not getting the whistles that you want in terms of, a, you know, shots don't go down. You don't react well to that. That was something Darwin talked about, you know, without looking to make excuses because the reality is injuries are a thing that all teams need to deal with at some point over the course of the season. The guy, the Lakers are missing key guys. They've been missing guys for a lot. And in particular, I, I was thinking about this afterwards. The guys that they are missing right now, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish, all four of them are guys that bring energy and or physicality, like a very high amount of both. And I would actually say all four of them bring a lot of both. And those were two things that I felt were really missing among many issues in this game. Those were two things that I think were really missing in this game. Like the idea of just contagious energy or guys that kind of just make things happen through either activity or we've talked before about fans saying that they, they think the team misses Dennis Schroeder. And, and I don't disagree. Like, a certain vibe type an, of energy. It's, it's an edginess. There's yeah. a yes. There's a little bit of an edge. I mean, say what you want about Pat Bev. He's like all edge. I mean, Boy, to dude. the point where it's it's a little too much of it. And the the play, you gotta you gotta have the play it, to back it up. Well, bring on green good. in the sense right. that a lot of it is performative. And sometimes right. I think as the performer, you know, both of them, you know, lose the plot. But but like in in theory, back when they were better, both of them were better players. It it, it played the act played. Well, the teams around them were better, and they could whatever it is. How easily absorb the crap. However you want to break it down. But the you know in, in the case of the Lakers, you know there just is a a level of energy that somebody like Jared Vanderbilt brings. There is a level of energy that Cam Reddish. And again, I'm surprised and pleasantly so at how well he's played and the impact that not having Reddish available is is having there's also um, two really quick a type of energy that even when he's playing well as an example d'angelo russell doesn't bring correct he you brings know? d'angelo brings i think a really positive vibe at certain times like when when you have like the the heaviness of last season and things started playing better like like somebody to come in and remind you like guys you know hey dudes this is fun like we're we're a good team and we're gonna go out and play well and we're gonna we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a, a lot of fun doing this. We're gonna enjoy, you know what the, what we're capable of doing. Um, 
like they desperately needed that last year. They've de- they've needed that at this point this year. But you're right. He's that's not what he provides. Austin Reeves is somebody who, um, you know, he he plays really hard and he gets punched in the face a lot and he's flopping all over and he's trying. But it's a different. He's not a in your face yelling. And it's not something LeBron and AD really do either. No, and it's just there's they're they're missing something. And I don't you know I mean I don't. I don't think Jared Vanderbilt was the, you know, you can't point to those guys, but there just is something that's missing. Like I said, attitudinally where it's, they just responded horribly to, to, um, to the way that Philadelphia was, was laying it on them. You have to weather the storm. They did not do it. And I thought too, it's like, I thought when I went to that, when they went to the half and I believe the Lakers only had six turnovers at the half, um, I could have sworn it was more. And when you start to combine... It was six. When you start to combine turnovers with things that aren't turnovers but kind of should be, poor shot selection. Like D'Lo, who we've both thought has overall played very well this year. there There were two or three moments where the shot selection, just a quick three in response to another. It's like, don't do that. You know, the, you know, there, it's not a quick three like when you got three or four guys underneath the basket who can get an offensive rebound. It's just it, it it's reading the situation, slowing it down when it needs to be slowed down, taking the air out of the balloon, whatever it is. They just had too many possessions that even when they weren't turnovers, there was just like that was bad. They shot fifty percent in the first half, but there were too many ugly, useless possessions an untimely turnover. It's not just that you turn over the, it's when it's in the sense, how, I mean, I was shocked they were within 15 because they were getting so thoroughly outplayed. I know I said this earlier, but the decision-making in this game by the Lakers was often very bad. And you can even point to something early in the game that I think mattered because the game started out with a really entertaining back and forth between Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid that really felt like we were in for like a real treat of a showcase between two elite big men going back and forth. But then Joel Embiid got his second foul in Mm -hmm. about 90 seconds. And I don't think the Lakers, whether you're talking about Anthony Davis specifically, although he probably did the best job of anybody, but certainly as a team, I don't think they did nearly enough to press Joel Embiid, knowing they didn't that pull him off. I mean, he still played a lot of minutes no, with those two. Fights. Right, right. Nick Nurse trusted him. Like Nick Nurse trusted his and protected him. To be fair, took him. You know, he, he moved him off AD. Like they protected sure. him with those two fouls. But, but you're but, right. The Lakers didn't attack it. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, just because he's off AD defensively doesn't mean you still can't defend him. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you still can attack him. Like you still right, go find him. Right. And they didn't. Just from 90 seconds in, it felt like it was a foundation of bad decision-making throughout the course of this game. And, you know, that begins with Darvin Ham either not telling them the right things to do, not recognizing himself, or not getting the point across, no, don't do that, do this. And then from there, there's a trickle-down effect of guys on the court there's a certain amount of onus that they're supposed to have in being professionals and supposedly, you know, a championship contending team. 
that you count on them to be able to make these decisions on their own, and they weren't. It's just, yeah, we'll talk about this more after the break. Like, I, that to me, like, on the one hand, look, games like this, and Anthony Davis, it was interesting. AD's reaction, you know, LeBron, one has to change a lot. AD, you know, acknowledging, look, we played like, you know, bleep. It was, it was a good combination of, we need to obviously learn from this, but we also can't dwell on it because we got a really important game, really important game on Detroit. Arguably the most, uh, I think, was the most important game of the road trip, uh, even heading in, was the Detroit game on Wednesday. Um, but he also had kind of an interesting comment about the way people react to the lessons you might learn from this game. So we'll talk about that and why Detroit is so freaking important next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six players, their stats projections, and then pick right. You can watch the winnings roll in up to 25 times your money. And with basketball now in full swing, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League created specifically for projections, including two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey add a 10.5 combo for three-pointers made and receptions. And this is great. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL and NBA games, if you have a player who exits in the first half because of an injury, doesn't return in the second half, that player gets rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. That is huge. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Quick reminder, today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, so, you know, it's, it is, it's interesting to see where the Lakers are because on the one hand, like this is, this is why the Cleveland game was such a big win because – you put yourself in a position very quickly where, you know, take care of business against a bad Detroit team and you are, you know, you got a 500 trip when you're playing three playoff caliber teams um, and then the Pistons to come back on the road, come back, including a back-to-back, come back 500, you got a chance. The Detroit game is the one that they cannot screw up. Um, You have to win that game to make the Cleveland game matter like to mm-hmm. validate that cleveland game otherwise you have a good chance thursday on the second night of a back-to-back last night of a trip in oklahoma city is going to be a tough that's a tough win no matter what i thought you know the 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 reaction difference like ad didn't seem as visibly angry um as lebron and like that contrast between voices is something that I think is important for the Lakers. And as long as LeBron and AD are on the same page and to their this point in their relationship, it seems like they have been, you know, pretty consistently. You know, you're get I think I think to hear that contrasting 
I don't want to say contrasting messaging, but contrasting tone, I think is a good thing as long as everybody's pulling in the same direction. I think it can be. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It wouldn't have bothered me to see Anthony Davis seem as mad about this as LeBron. I'm mm -hmm. not saying he needed to be. I'm just saying it wouldn't have bothered me for the sake of wanting a con uh, a contrasting reaction. I would have been perfectly happy to see mm -hmm. Anthony Davis look. wouldn't have bothered me either. You know, what I mean by that is just like, what what in, in Anthony Davis said, like, you know, you got to go through the film and people have to be able to be honest with each other. You got to be able to break it down, not take it personally when when people are really brutally honest in film sessions. And, you know, LeBron, you know, at least by, you know, report uh, wants, you know, when Darwin sees stuff wrong with what he's doing in, in game field, wants to be called out. He wants to be coached. He respects people who coach him. Well, I can tell you if they go through the film session, there will be mistakes on LeBron's uh, behalf because I recognize them. And, yep. and, I'm, and I am positive that I'm correct about them. So if I can identify them, you know, LeBron, Darwin, the rest of the team are going to be able to identify him. I mean, the, the one thing as far as not taking it personally in this film session that I guess would be a plus is I don't think there's going to be anybody left out. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody's going to be entering this film session going, I just kick my feet up, baby, because I ain't got a thing to worry about. Nope. I was awesome. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think some guys were like, I think in his own right, in terms of the asks and how difficult the ask was, how well did you reasonably do it? I know he got a lot of points, but I actually think Max Christie played pretty credible defense on Tyrese Maxey. Fine. I mean, look, Mac, there's Max. I think he made him take the entire league. Yeah. He's been lighting up the whole league. I don't think he gave. Uh, Maxi, very many easy looks. The dude is fast as hell and was running off multiple screens all the time. Like, you know, again, he, there, the there are mistakes. Really 31, points, 31 points, 9 of 20 from the, the line. A lot of fine. it was top heavy. He was fine. He was fine. Like, uh, what he was asked to do was really difficult. And like, this, these are real team failures. And like, I, I, the games like this are going to happen. What I think is 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 interesting is just like it is hard on the one hand to know how good the Lakers can be, what what it should look like, what it can look like, what it will look like. But I do think you know what are we eighteen games in? I, I wonder if one of the things LeBron is is really referencing here is culture, like. If okay, fine. The execution wise, we're subbing guys in and out. Like we're 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 throwing Jalen Hood Shafino in for minutes because like he's got to play or whatever. And Max Christie yeah, he made his NBA debut. Yeah, and Max Christie is being asked to do a lot of very complicated things. Um, you know, as a very young player, and you're going to get ups and downs there. And like I, the results can be the results. What is our culture? What is our attitude? And I wonder. If some of what LeBron is talking about, if a lot of what Le what percentage of what LeBron is talking about is really related to culture as and 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 those type of dynamics, how we do our work, how we react to things in games, the precision with which we operate in games, even if the results aren't there, do we run the do we make the right pass, make the right cut, make the whatever, and miss the shot? That's going to happen. Did we? 
run the defensive coverage, get the shot we wanted, other team makes it. That's going to happen. Happened a lot uh, in Philadelphia. But what is your is your process right? And I I, I, I do sometimes wonder if the Lakers process wise are as far along as you would want them to be, even if they've been held back by reasonable things. Well, and this is where, and maybe not right this second, because with the injuries, it becomes difficult to do this because when guys make mistakes or you know mistakes that feel really egregious, it is hard for Darwin to pull them to send a message because he only has like, seven seven or eight NBA rotation players right, right now. So it, there's only so much Darvin can do right now in terms of message sending, but mm-hmm. there is an onus on him to make sure that he is being as detail-oriented when it comes to the literal details as it is lifting guys up, creating great spirit, you know, creating that sense of resolve, all that sorts of stuff, and then and I don't, and I, I, I don't know if he is or he is. I don't I'm know if he, saying, right? But I, I don't know if he well, is I'm or isn't. About, I'm, I'm saying, just thinking about what LeBron's saying. Like this right. is where my mind is going. Right, exactly, and that that's where mine is as well. And I'm saying there is an own the things that you and I can't even with you know asking around people more looped in than us around the team more than us, whatever. Like there's certain stuff we just aren't going to know that only the people on that roster and on the coaching staff and like that they will know. But right, those, unless it gets really bad, in which case right, we'll all know. Right, exactly. But those details Darwin needs to be drilling down on. And if the ideas aren't good enough, it's up to him to come up with better concepts. And again, right now, I think it is legitimately difficult for Darwin because some of the things that coaches do in order to get their players' attention, he quite literally can't because if you start pulling everyone that are making mistakes, you're going to end up playing LeBron and AD 40-something minutes a night, and you don't want that. But, you know, once – I hope, if nothing else, he is laying down a foundation of accountability for when eventually Vando is back, Mm -hmm. Rui's back, Reddish is back, and, you know, Vincent is more uncertain. But three of the four, and all of a sudden you have the ability – to start cutting into guys' minutes yeah. more, you can then, make. Then he pulls that trigger. It's it is it is easy to look at. Oh, he should if, if he had just called timeout here. It's like something like <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a believer in that. Unless he had fifty of them, what difference was it going right. to make? In I, this I game? am not a believer. I, I I need to see. I have never actually seen any sort of you know data that suggests that like you know sometimes calling timeout stops a run and sometimes it doesn't i saw somebody on twitter point out like you know call a timeout to get people to you know to change the strategy of 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 not conceding threes which is clearly part of the game plan so you don't need a timeout for that you yell to them get tighter on the three-point line like you don't need a three you you don't have 800 timeouts in a game you don't get an infinite amount of a guy in with the next dead ball with a message to stop doing it. It's like you're running a play in football. Right. <laughs> Bring him in with a note. No, I but mean, like, seriously, it's not that complicated. You just, you don't need to just yell it from this. They're all standing in the same place. Just yell it from the sideline. I, so, I mean, I, 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 there are certain things that I think fans just don't like the result. And they say, they point to X, Y, and Z is if you just do something, you know, the, the result would have been different. 
I, I feel like that, you know, there's this thing going on and we'll, you know, they got a lot of time to figure it out and they're not in a bad spot, but the West is really, really competitive. And it is important to note that the Lakers have done all these things without anything significant knock on wood happening to LeBron or AD to this point. They have, they've absorbed a lot of injuries, but not with those guys. And, that's coming. That is going to come this season. One of those guys is going to miss 10 games. Like you just have to bake that in. Like, hope not, but you have to bake that in. Um, so you know, you got to get your process and your culture right and 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 those things so that you can weather that as well as they did last year when LeBron was out. Um, Locked on Lakers on YouTube, where you can go to uh, see the show, hang out with uh, 22,000 subscribers, all of whom are hoping it will be better uh, in Detroit on Wednesday. Quick reminder um, that today's episode was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers, that's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, $150 in uh, bonus bets. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, we will be back tomorrow.